This is Words That Move Me, the podcast where movers and shakers like you get the information and inspiration you need to navigate your creative career with clarity and confidence. I am your host, Master Mover, Dana Wilson. And if you're someone that loves to learn, laugh, and is looking to rewrite the starving artist story, then sit tight, but don't stop moving, because you're in the right place. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 17. I'm jazzed about it, as usual. Um, In episode 16, I mentioned, well, I promised, I think, that April's podcasts would all be about bringing the joy, the silly, the bright, the creative. Um, And this episode is exactly that, but it is in disguise. (laughs) This episode is about processing the darker side of the emotional spectrum. Sadness, stillness, anger, grief, anxiety, depression, yes, all of those guys. And it's really about coming out on the other side of them, naturally, without forcing anything. So thanks for joining me. (laughs) Are you excited or what? (laughs) Uh, Before we dig into it, though, of course, let's do some wins. This week, I have a handful of wins. I'm going to try not to say cooking again, because that's what I said last week. I'm becoming way more comfortable in the kitchen, and I've had some really killer dinners and leftovers. So I'm counting that as a win privately, secretly, and also now publicly. Okay, fine. I'll just call it a win. But I also want to shout out the handful of dance studios that I've been working with in the form of some digital support. (laughs) Um, Dance Impressions, Michelle Latimer Dance Academy, and Carrie Dance. You guys have been so much fun to work with. I'm absolutely counting you and your students among my wins for the week. I'm just learning so much about... uh, transferring my syllabus and my teaching style into a different mode, (laughs) different platform, ultimately a different process. And process is what we are talking about this week. So very appropriate. Um, Let us, oh, sorry, (laughs) my bad. Let me give you your moment. Hit me with your wins. Say them out loud. It's really important. Okay, great. If you need more time, please don't let me stop you. Just hit pause. Keep going with your wins. It's very important that you do that. Okay, so the word process has been coming up a lot lately. Um, On the podcast, I talk a lot about creative process, and um, it's also been coming up in like casual conversations People saying things like, I don't know, I'm still processing. Another example, the SBA uh, is processing my application for the PPP, Paycheck Protection Program. So fingers are crossed for that. Um, Here's another fun one that I heard recently. Uh, How long should I let this color process? Oh my God, I miss my hairdresser. (laughs) Uh, Yes, 
maybe you shouldn't be um, processing your own hair, doing your own color or cutting it. Just the thought, there are certain things that really ought to be left to the professionals. And trust me, in the COVID moment, we're all experiencing new in terms of life and also our hair. I'm just going to encourage that you accept it for what it is and process that. (laughs) Oh, also, here's a fun game. Speaking of process, keep track of the number of times I say process in this episode and then do that many push-ups per day starting now, whatever day it is, uh, for like the rest of the month or a month from now. And um, just go ahead and see how shredded you become. Look out, beach bod. (laughs) Even if it's not for a year that you see a beach again, you'll be ready for it when the day does come. Okay, so starting now, it's process time. So the word process, when used as a noun, means, according to Merriam-Webster, a usually fixed or ordered series of actions or events that lead to a result. Okay, well, this explains sort of the creative process. In my mind, it's something that moves forward or occasionally it spirals, um, but it's always moving. And at the end, there is a result. There's this thing, whether it's a show or a step or a film or you, you get the gist. In the last two episodes, I have talked to the Seaweed Sisters a little bit about the secrets of our process, which include saying yes and to any idea. (laughs) Um, And I also talked to Kat Burns in the last episode, which was 16. So let's see, Seaweeds were 15, Kat Burns was 16. And Kat talked a lot about how processes differ depending on the format Um, or the medium, whether it's scripted TV, a stage show, or an improv show. Um, And honestly, if you haven't listened to those episodes, go check those out. Some really golden nuggets in there. But long story short, every project and every person will have a slightly different creative process. So millions, so many different creative processes. All right, so when used as a verb... Process means to refine or rectify or even to clarify. To me, it evokes this idea of sitting with something and chewing on it, digesting it. So that's sort of a difference that gets stirred up in my mind. A creative process results in something. It leaves something at the end versus a process of refinement or clarifying results in having something completely digested and then it either goes away or turns into something else completely. So there are probably as many forms of processing emotions as there are creative processes. It's likely that everyone has their own way or even that their way might change over time or that they'll use a combination of different ways to deal with different things. And I'm just fascinated by that. A handful of those styles of processing might include journaling, or as I like to call it, a thought download, which is where I try to just stream of consciousness dump whatever is in my brain. It goes through my arm and my hand and lands on a page or on a pixel via a keyboard or pen. Um, But there's also therapy, counseling, 
you know, talking to somebody. And then there's also DMT or dance movement therapy, which is made up of countless techniques and exercises that are designed to ultimately create awareness of mind and body. I will be very clear. I am not a dance movement therapist. I use dance to tell stories. I use dance to make money. And yes, sometimes I dance explicitly for fun. Occasionally, I dance as therapy when I'm feeling down in the dumps, as I'm sure several of us have, right? Oh, and I am learning, by the way, that dance crying is actually a thing. Literally dancing up all the feels and then dancing them out via tears from your eyes. (laughs) I love this concept. And I really, really love the thought that the more aware we are of our minds and our bodies and the uh, sensations within them, the more able we are to watch and regulate them and even generate new ones, right? Like new feelings in our body. We can control them, make decisions about them, and our emotional experience of the world is affected. My job and a huge part of my life revolves around being in touch with my body and controlling it, being deliberate with its movements and using it to get a job done, to craft shapes and phrases that convey emotion or information, to give form to feelings, to exteriorize the interior, that is my jam. That is what I do. Now, it's the third week of April, and I've been distancing since March 6th. I have been regulating and controlling and deciding the crap out of my daily life. Are you ready for this? Okay. I coach on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I film new combos to send to studios on Saturdays. Sundays are Seaweed Sister sessions, followed by deep household cleaning. Then I look at finances on Money Monday. I do curbside produce pickup on Tuesday. Podcasts are Wednesdays. IG live at 5 on Thursdays. All the food prep, all the dance classes, all the laundry are happening every day. And I also journal and I stretch daily. Whoa. (laughs) So I really thought that I was processing these new circumstances, along with all of my feelings, pretty well. I seemed to have found a schedule that appeared to be productive and fulfilling. Oh, but boy. (laughs) Spoiler alert. I certainly wasn't processing. Not all of it, anyways. How did I find out that I wasn't? Oh, well, as you might imagine, on a rainy day, the fourth in a row, I mind you, I had a breakdown. (laughs) A full-blown adult tantrum where hot water poured from my eye holes. (laughs) This tantrum was actually the good part, by the way. The water pouring out of my eyes was the release. It was the moment before that was actually super tough. The quiet before the storm, we'll call it. That was the moment where I was feeling heavy, slow, foggy, vapid, guilty, just gross. You name it, dark end of the spectrum, I was feeling it. I tried to motivate myself up out of it. Go, go make up a new combo. 
I tried. My moves were lame. I stopped. I tried to write a new podcast, but my ideas were mangled and mushy, kind of half-formed, gross. I stopped. I tried to make food. It was gross. (laughs) Oh, you better believe I ate it anyways, and then I felt gross, and then I stopped. I just felt stopped. All of it felt pretty stopped. I felt stuck. (sighs) Like so many of us probably felt or are currently feeling. And for a person who moves for a living, for a self-proclaimed movement master, (laughs) feeling stuck feels pretty awful. Now, by default, I'm a person that's a pretty positive thinker. Captain Brightside, Susie Sunshine, like, that is how I like to live my life. But I do believe that my life will round out with a natural distribution of emotions. Like 50% of the time, I'll be good or better. And then the other 50% of the time, I'll be sub-good or bad (laughs) or occasionally awful. Now, for the record, I have no scientific evidence to back up that that's actually how my life will round out. But I have a feeling that if you did analysis on like the past five years of my journals, you'd find some plot points that you could put on a graph and you'd probably be left with a pretty good looking bell curve. So as I sat there feeling these awful things, I was sitting way at the tail end of my bell curve. I got on the phone for some coaching and this is what I asked my coach. I asked, how do you know? when to sit with yourself and your big, ugly, deep, dark thoughts, and when do you coach yourself out of it? When do you coach yourself off the ropes? When do you let Captain Brightside shake some sense into you? Well, here's what my coach said. And by the way, let's pause for the cause for a second, because there are a lot of different coaches and styles of coaching. Now, There are the types that will break you down to build you up, and then there are the types that will give this air of being almighty, all-knowing, omnipotent, like they, they know you better than you know yourself, and they know the answer to your question even before you know what you're even asking. (laughs) Yeah, those are not my coaches. My coaches honor me exactly as I show up, however broken or built that may be, depending on the day. And my coaches help me see in myself a way that gives me the power to answer my own questions or to make my own decisions. So that's the type of coaching I'm going in for right here. So I asked my coach, how do I know how long I should sit with a negative feel? How do I know when it's time to regulate and step in and do the self-coaching? Or when is it time to move, like move yourself out of it? Of course she didn't answer. Instead, she asked, okay, what exactly is this negative feel that you're feeling? And the first word that came to my mind was stuck. I feel stuck. And she said, okay, Where in your body do you feel stuck? And I said, after a little bit of checking in and thinking, 
I, I had a feeling she might be expecting like my heart or my throat or my forehead, which are all totally acceptable answers to where do you feel stuck. But I genuinely like I felt it everywhere. I felt it inside my body, every inch of it. I felt it in my blood. And she was unfazed by this. Uh, she was a stonewall. She was like, okay, great. Let's talk more about your blood, <laughs> which is so funny to say out loud right now, but it was a perfectly reasonable question in that moment. She asked, what color is your blood? And I was like, you know, close my eyes and really try to visualize my stuck blood. And I decided that it's definitely gray, but not even like a full, beautiful, deep, dark, rich gray, but like gray at 50% opacity, like puny, sad, weak gray. And then she said, all right, got it. Okay, so um, is your 50% opacity gray blood, is it moving? Does it have motion to it? And I said, no, it is definitely still. It is what is stuck. It is the thing that is like freezing up like concrete. And she's like, okay, great, great, great. So tell me more about your 50% opacity concrete blood. <laughs> and I just kept explaining the image, my made up idea of what my blood looked like and moved like inside my body. And at a certain point, all that digging in was starting to make me tense. So instead of just feeling stuck, I was now feeling tight. And I said, man, my, now my, my skin feels too tight right now. I'm really tense. And she said, oh, good. Tell me about your skin. <laughs> and I said, it's, it's brittle. And she was like, okay, okay. How else does it feel? Does it have movement? And I was like, no, no, it's, it's too tight pulled tight to have movement and she says okay well how is it normally and I thought for a second and I said I think it's normally kind of like a plum you know what I remember the book To Kill a Mockingbird I think that's where I got this from I think there's an explanation of skin in that book where they uh Harper Lee explains skin as like the skin of a plum like it's supple it would peel back if it got snagged. But my skin was definitely not that. So as my coach kept asking me to explain my skin, I was coming up with ideas like, it's it's not definitely not a plum. It's more like a grapefruit, like thick, porous. And, and, and instead of housing a grapefruit, my grapefruit skin is trying to contain a watermelon. <laughs> And then she said, okay, good. Let's go back to your blood. How's your blood doing? I was like, are you kidding me? Okay, all right, fine. Let's talk about my blood some more. I'm explaining my blood. I'm getting emotional. Then she says, all right, how's your skin feeling? I'm like, it's tight. It's too tight. And she's like, okay, let's go back to the blood. How's the blood doing? So we, long story short, we bounce back and forth between talking about my <laughs> concrete blood that was now bubbling to my grapefruit skin that's trying to contain a watermelon. And then she asked one last time, how's your blood? And I said, well, it's not stuck anymore. <laughs> the stuck was gone. And it was replaced by, you know, blubbering hot waterfall of other emotions. But stuck was definitely gone. So the answer to my question, 
how do you know how long you should sit with the negative feels? Well, sit with them, be with them, experience them deeply until they're gone. The answer to my question, when is it time to move yourself out of it, is it's time to move into it. The only way out of it is through it. And the answer to my question, when is it time to regulate? Oh, the answer to that is, it's not time to regulate. It's time to process. So the next time you're experiencing life on the um, downside of the bell curve, stop, look, and listen. There's a good song for that. (laughs) To your body and process. Now, the process that I used revolved really heavily around my awareness of the sensations in my body and my imagination. I mean, come on. (laughs) Gray, half-opacity, concrete blood? Grapefruit skin? I mean, what an imagination. That is like A-plus, super kindergartner type style of imagination. This process means giving a color, giving emotion, giving texture, and giving names to the sensation in your body, like to a high degree of detail over and over and over again. And that process might really resonate with you, especially if you're a dance type that checks in with your body regularly. But it also may not resonate with you. It might not be your style of processing emotions, but it was hugely effective and profoundly moving for me, so I had to share it. (laughs) My interest and curiosity in, um, we'll call it mind meets body processing, is absolutely peaking. So you better believe I will be getting into uh, some DMT and other processes for processing emotions in the upcoming weeks and months and probably years. So take a second to think about it for yourself. How do you process emotions? How do you process the events of your life? I would love to hear how you do it. You can message me on the gram at Dana Daners, or you can send me a message via the contact page on my website, which is thedanawilson.com. All right, my friend. I hope that that um, glimpse at my process for processing emotions gets you thinking about how you process yours. Um, And that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe. Say, whoa. (laughs) Stay safe, stay soapy, and keep it funky. (laughs) Thought you were done? No. Now I'm here to remind you that all of the important people, places, and things mentioned in this episode can be found on my website, thedanawilson.com slash podcast. Finally, and most importantly, now you have a way to become a Words That Move Me member. So kickball changeover to patreon.com slash WTMM podcast to learn more and join. All right, everybody. Now I'm really done. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon.